At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, with the Commonwealth Policy Center. So should public schools introduce students to LGBT identity and promote homosexual behavior and transgender identity as a healthy lifestyle? And should schools insist that teachers use preferred gender pronouns of students and keep it a secret from parents? The issue is no longer theoretical since last summer the Kentucky Department of Education issued LGBT guidance and a toolkit for Kentucky teachers. But what about the Christian teacher whose conscience is violated with such expectations? Joining me to talk further about this issue is Randy Adams, former administrator at Apex Academy, an alternative school in Woodford County. Welcome to the program, Randy. Thank you, Richard, for having me. That's Anderson County, but that's okay. There's a a lot of recent news going on in Woodford County as well. So this is happening everywhere, so it's easy to get those things across. But thank you for having me. Yeah, well, thank you, and thank you for that correction, too. There are other communities dealing with LGBT issues that are being promoted in the uh, public schools, we're going to focus on Anderson County and uh, in in your experience. And Randy, just before the program, I was talking about reviewing that LGBT toolkit and guidance that Kentucky Department of Education sent out uh, last July. It was July the 1st that it went out. And I forgot some of the things in there and how, um, for lack of a better term, how inflammatory really some of it was. And when I say inflammatory, I mean this, that if the the average parent read this guidance, and if the average teacher, I would say, even read what they were suggesting, it would raise uh, serious concerns and really a conflict when it comes to um, conscience rights, uh, conflict as far as what the purpose of um, public schools are and what public schools should be teaching. I'm going to start with this. It says, Considerations for Building Safe and Supportive Schools for LGBTQI plus Students. Uh, LGBTQI students often face systemic and societal barriers to success. Schools can proactively work to support their LGBTQI students by taking simple steps to build a safe and supportive environment for those for them to learn and grow. This document provides guidance to schools seeking to establish a more inclusive learning environment. Randy, when you uh, first read this guidance and when you uh, read and came across what I just shared with you, what what were your thoughts? What what were you processing and thinking when that happened? Yeah, thank you, Richard. When I first got this document, um, I want to first say how I got it. You know, as an educator for over a decade, I just want to show up to work and I want to help every single student that comes in the door. doesn't matter if you agree with me politically, you share my faith. I believe that schools should be a place where every student can come and learn to do math, to write, to learn the history of our country. That should be a right afforded to every student in public schools. And 
I never saw that document until I was at work one day and a, and a colleague came and said, in a meeting yesterday, the central office came and told us that we were to use these pronouns as students request and did not tell their parents. Well, that was a red flag to me. So I went, um, I verified that information from another person at the school who was in that meeting. And then I went directly to the source, not to, not to uh, you know, in a, in a, in a fit, but just to say, hey, I just want to make sure I understand what's going on. And the document that you were referring to was emailed to me from Central Office of Anderson County Schools. And so what you just read off, the introduction to that, Richard, I share, I share those same sentiments. I do not want schools to exclude any student from being able to show up and learn. I would always uh, train my staff at Apex and, and tell them, a wonderful team, by the way, with diverse viewpoints, we always work great together, but we would say, the student wore a Joe Biden t-shirt or a Donald Trump t-shirt to school, we'd love them the same, regardless of our personal beliefs. And so the, the reality is though, when you continue reading the rest of that document, which you'll dive into, yeah. what it advocates for is not just for inclusion, it advocates for other people to have to abandon their beliefs and to uh, compel their speech in order to glorify a lifestyle that may not agree with. We, we, we know that we true tolerance, you can agree uh, to disagree. You can have totally different worldviews and still love and tolerate each other. And, and if we're giving that up in schools, then we're not really practicing what we preach. That's a very good point. So I'm curious, uh, Randy, was there a problem with LGBT students uh, being singled out and bullied in uh, in your school at Apex Academy? The, the reality is that Apex Academy, we, we service all the virtual students. Coming out of the COVID era, virtual was a, a new outlet. So we had about 25 students in person and another 200 or so online learning from home. Um, when I was hired, we were just on the tail end of COVID. And in the second year, the year that I was suspended, um, our numbers virtual had dropped, but we still had quite a few. And so I just want to, you know, first of all, say that bullying of any type is never okay. As an administrator, I always took that seriously, you know, just because you disagree with someone. But the reality is for that specific um, group, did we deal with bullying and harassment situations um, during my tenure at Apex or even my tenure at, at Bloomfield? Had those things come up and we had conversations, but not at a at a greater rate that I saw for other things as far as, you know, if a student, well, you know, had other different interests but as, far, as far as anything. And so um, I think that's the basis of the argument. Is this group targeted and persecuted more than others? Um, I don't want anybody persecuted, period. But I do think that that's being blown out of proportion in some ways as far as the, the pushback that this, these groups are having. I want to read, uh, go dive in a little further into the LGBT guidance from the Kentucky Department of Education. And there's a portion in here talking about preferred pronouns of students. It says this, educators should seek to use the preferred names and pronouns of students should the student request it. The use of preferred names is not a new phenomenon. And children from a variety of backgrounds and identities choose to use a name other than the one listed on their birth certificate. For more information about this, and it refers them to use another uh, to, to, to reference or look into other KDE guidance. But it goes on to say, to begin, if a student requests a teacher to use a preferred 
name to refer them to. The student's request should be honored by the school. This has important ramifications for a student's ability to participate meaningfully in school and is trauma-informed. Not exactly sure what that means. It goes on to say, though, that the student's... At the student's request, the student is a person who's going to be most negatively impacted by not having their preference honored. Therefore, the student's wishes should take a primary role. I'm looking for the place where it says, do not tell. Okay, here it is. (laughs) Efforts should be made to inform parents only with the student's consent. I'm going to read that again, and that's the part I was looking for. Uh, As far as teachers... Telling the parents, the students' parents, about the preferred pronoun use in the classroom, it says, again, efforts should be made to inform parents only with the students' consent. So you as a, an administrator and your peers at Apex Academy in Anderson County were being asked or advised, strongly encouraged, to uh, use the preferred pronouns of students. And then secondly, essentially not to tell parents to uh Uh, that the student was going by a a pronoun other than their biological sex. Tell us a little bit more about that. I responded by privately and quietly emailing uh, an analysis of the document. So I went through this document that we're talking about, and I sent back um, some some discussion points to um, some from central office and the superintendent. Um, This was all privately on an email thread between us. And the, the thesis, the, I guess the main points was, as I read this, there's three groups that I was worried about being alienated. First, myself, you know, as a, as a Christian in public education, I never forced my beliefs on anybody else, but I wanted to protect, you know, I can't call a man or a woman. I've already stated that publicly. I wanted to be able to protect my right to, um, you know, honor my God, honor, you know, God the Father in Jesus' name. And second was students themselves. If this is expected of staff, you know, it's not that much of a leap to assume, well, if this is expected of me professionally, could a student be, you know, have a disciplinary action brought against them if they refuse to use a a pronoun or a different name with another, you know, with a peer? And then last was parents. Um, I'm looking to my left because I have that document pulled up, Richard, but just to add on a little bit on page two of that, it says, you know, here's some things it says. Parents are afforded wide latitude to determine the educational path of their children. Um, But assuming there's no safety concerns, well, it's a question. Who at the school evaluates if a child is in danger? You know, where does it say, you know, we're we're worried this parent is going to beat this child if if they find out this information, even though there's no history? Who determines at the school uh, whether the parents are, you know, good parents that are acting in the best behalf of their child or if they have ill intentions, but it says, assuming there's no safety concern, if the school is unable to honor this request, refer to the student by one name and keep communications with its parents under the other name. So that's the intent. What this is encouraging, this came directly from Kentucky Department of Education. This was sent to me by Anderson County Central Office is saying, we need to keep the student's name and pronouns at school this, but when you're talking to the parents, you're using this. That is deception. That's exactly, Randy, that's exactly the word that I thought. Have you ever been put in a situation as a teacher or administrator where you are told to deceive parents? And that's what you were being asked to do. And that 
LGBT guidance. Yeah, I mean, morally, ethically, you know, in the past few months, um, you know, in my my letters that have been shared between me and the board attorney, you know, talking about the, the ethics that we're to abide by. I think this from KDE is a violation of ethics for sure. Um, you know, it, it, it goes on to say this as well. It says only with the student's consent can we inform parents. Yeah. Richard, this doesn't, it doesn't say an age level. It doesn't say, you know, this only applies to high school or middle school. What we're saying is all children know best. Um, when we're in regards to something that is a, you know, a social transition to a different gender that is encouraged to lead to a physical transgender uh, movement later on for them to have physical surgeries. But the student knows best. And it says these reasons are practical and legal. Well, here's the reasons that the document gives. First, parents will likely learn of the situation either through third parties or an inadvertent communication by the school. Oh, you're you're likely to mess up and accidentally convey this information to the parents, even though inadvertent. Second, parents may constitutionally attempt to remove their children from school or enroll their children in a private school or choose homeschooling that will not honor their child's gender identity. Parents in Anderson County still haven't seen this document. Mm. It was sent to me saying this is what we're following, but this right here says we have an agenda to hide these pronouns and these different names from parents, because if they find out, they might put them in a private school or homeschool them, and that's not going to be good for kids. The the thing that was so alarming to me is going, the state is saying they know better than parents. And and this is very scary. You know, Randy, that's a very good point. Uh, Preceding what you just shared, it says in this guidance, it says, generally speaking, Parents have rights to guide their children's education. I think at that point, <laughs> this the, the whoever wrote this document and the Kentucky Department of Education, which needs to take ownership of this, has really um, undermined parents just in that. Parents have a fundamental right to guide their children's education. And it, as they go on to say, it's not an absolute right, and that's true. But they're really undermining the most influential group uh, in this in this situation, and that's parents. They do have a fundamental right. Parents should be respected. Parents should be brought in to the discussion when uh, when their child is identifying as the opposite gender. And uh, for a document to come out saying that teachers should essentially uh, deceive the parents is, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, it's absolutely appalling. I want to go press into a more fundamental level on this, though. This whole transgender ideology, uh, this idea that a, a boy who identifies as a girl can actually become a girl and that other people should affirm that or support that, that's anti-science. <laughs> that's anti-reality. Uh, but then the second thing, Randy, is that we're uh, we're told to throw morality out as well, uh, not just morality, but honesty, as we just mentioned, um, but then to affirm something that was once determined and uh, identified as a psychological abnormality, uh, gender dysphoria, um, we're told to go along with that. Um, do you see that same, what I'm getting to here, that the schools are being turned upside down and doing something that they shouldn't do in a number of ways? Yeah. Is it science or a social contagion that is leading to um, more children being influenced to make these decisions? 
I didn't want to be a part of that influence. And I, I would argue this, and I don't, don't ever want to antagonize because, of the, you know, the base of this is I want the freedom to live and I want others to have the freedom to live. But we are, we are talking about children, right? We are talking about the issue of parents and school boards deciding what's best for children. Yeah. And there, there comes disagreements where someone says, well, if Randy doesn't support a child transitioning, then he shouldn't have access to his own children. You know, he shouldn't, he shouldn't even be a parent. Well, let's, let's think about this. I have two daughters and I have a wife. My faith teaches me to respect that, that women are unique, that they have functions that I do not have. I love and honor my daughters and I love and honor my wife. Is it okay for me to look at this as, as a man pretending to be a woman and say, well, that's offensive. Well, someone, well, you're really teetering, Randy, on, on going too far. But let me ask, if someone walked into a school board meeting or to school in blackface, and they said, I'm a white person, but I want to be African-American, would we find that offensive? My argument is, where's the difference in that and the transgender movement? It, 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 is anybody on the Anderson County School Board or any, you know, Mr. Glass, who's the head of the Kentucky Department of Education, are they going to say, yeah, we also support blackface because, you know, from logically, how is it different than the transgender movement? So we have to ask these questions. Are we making these decisions because we're afraid to stand up for truth? And we have a lot of people who, you know, agree with you and me, Richard, but they're just too afraid to say it. But I, I want to protect my children's right, not just my own, but when my children are adults, to not have to use preferred pronouns and I have to do these things because that's the slippery slope we're thinking about here is, is not only just today, but what's the future look like? We have to stop and think about what are the ramifications of people actually transitioning? If the school board is encouraging this and we have somebody who graduates from Anderson County High School and 10 years later saying, I mutilated my genitals, I cannot have children, um, you know, physica physically, my body doesn't function as wet. I wish it could now, and I have regrets. Are these folks who are encouraging this and saying it's right, are they prepared, you know, 10 years down the road to be financially responsible for encouraging and influencing children to go down this path? If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson here with uh, Randy Adams, former administrator at Apex School in Anderson County. We're talking about the LGBT guidance from the Kentucky Department of Education and the real ramifications on teachers and administrators. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, Richard Nelson here with the Commonwealth Policy Center. It's clear that the news media isn't always fair. In fact, there's lots of far-left bias and political gamesmanship. No surprise there. So if you're looking for a perspective that's grounded in the truth of Scripture and our nation's founding principles, then get plugged into CPC's resources. Sign up for our e-newsletter at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Commonwealth Policy Center. And we're on Twitter at cpc for kentucky Welcome back to the program. Richard Nelson here with Randy Adams. Uh, Randy, we were just uh, talking about the uh, impact that um, promoting LGBT identity has on uh, teachers uh, and on students. And uh, it used to be that Teachers were a role model for uh, teaching what's right and wrong. Teachers would correct students uh, when they were veering off the path. There was a moral expectation of uh, both teachers and students, but uh, it seems that we've lost our moral compass. Not only that, but students, according to this um, LGBT guidance and toolkit, 
It seems that students have become the center of the universe when it comes to what's right and wrong, and that teachers are supposed to affirm that student uh, out of fear of hurting them or hurting their uh, educational capacity. Um, how do you respond to that? Yeah, not only from this guidance, but so many other things that are happening in education. Richard, there's, a, there's an awakening going on with teachers all around the state, all around the country, that there's just a lot of broken things that are part of the educational system. You kind of mentioned one earlier, um, and I know this is going to, you know, a lot of people might disagree with me, but you mentioned the word trauma-informed. Yeah. To kind of put that in this layman's terms, it's the idea that children that experience bad things, they come to school and they their misbehaviors because of those experiences. We should be extremely patient and, and gracious in allowing them to, you know, grow into the school setting. Well, I believe with all of that in theory, like what I just stated, I, I believe completely. The problem is not just with this transgender and this gender ideation is that we have kids coming to school and through trauma-informed practices, we allow them to traumatize other kids. Mm-hmm. The behavior being worse at school, um, you know, the drugs, um, the, the terrible language, the um, disrespect of teachers, those things are growing everywhere. And under the guise of, well, we're being trauma-informed, we're giving them time. Other kids who are, are showing up to do the right things, they're having a bad experience. And so you kind of go to, well, we've made students the, the center of the universe. Yeah. That's that's a we're running into a lot of trouble doing that because with this policy, we've said, hey, ask the kid if we can call home and inform their parents. Your child wants to be identified by a different name and a different gender. We have to get a child's permission to do that. It begs the and without any evidence that the, the parents are bad parents. Well, begs the question, what if the kid has a failing grade? Do we call the parents then or do we say, hey, we need your permission to call your parents and tell them you failed this test? You need tutoring. You need extra help. We, 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 we've blurred the lines, what you talked about, honesty and integrity. You know, the school systems, the boards, the, the, all the way up to the, the state and the, and the national level, we've, we've gone away from that virtue of honesty. And we've, we've traded it in for deception. And, um, you know, we, we've given up a lot of logical strongholds in the process of doing that. Randy, you certainly took a stand uh, against this policy. You um, allowed your uh, Christian convictions to uh, determine how you uh, how you responded. Uh, you ended up leaving uh, under pressure. You've made statewide news, and you have taken a stand. And as you pointed out earlier, I think you've done it in the right way. Uh, you had private conversations. You've shared your concerns in a reasonable way. And yet you were uh, essentially forced out. Is that being too strong to say you were forced out? I, I know you, re- you resigned. When all of this happened, before I ever notified the community, I, I just want to assure everyone, and then it's not about saving face. If someone wants to dislike me for this, it's fine. But I, I definitely had conversations with the superintendent with central office before I ever made my Facebook post. Hours before I called the superintendent personally on my cell phone and I asked them, You've put this guidance out there. It's already been emailed to all the high school staff. Can you temporarily rescind it so we can have conversations about this and outline the repercussions? And if you're not, before parents send their children to school tomorrow on Monday, we need to notify parents that this is what's happening. Parents do not deserve to have this hidden from them for one second. And that's why I made the post when it was made clear that nobody was going to notify parents. You know, my faith is the most important thing to me. I'm unashamed of the gospel. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. 
I am a sinner. There's nothing self-righteous about me. I have nothing that I can boast in. God has done that for me. I realize that God made a good creation, man and woman, and I cannot just hand this over. I have to make sure parents know. I have children that go to my church that I pastor that are sit there, that are being sent to these schools every day. And so when I made the decision to do this, Richard, I realized it could be lonely, not because other teachers um, don't agree with me, but we are in a situation where this is our livelihood. People are, are providing for their children. A lot of teachers have reached out to me privately and said, we agree with you 100%. We stand with you. When they saw me not return to work and they saw me, um, you know, in all the news media and these type of things, you know, a lot of people got quiet. I'm not angry with anybody. And I just want to be honest. There are very liberal teachers on the opposite end of the political spectrum that I work with that are great teachers that would never want to hide information from parents, even if they agree with the LGBTQ movement and some of these things. There are, are, are people that I have a lot of respect for on both sides that I think deserve answers. And so um, to get to your last question, you know, yeah, it, it's kind of lonely, um, but the church has shown up and support, supported me and prayed for me. And uh, a lot of people that don't share my faith have supported me and reached out and said, yes, logically, we agree with you. But as far as being forced out, here are some of the things that took place. I was reprimanded for using um, my email for whenever they sent this guidance out to everybody. I just said, hey, I have some concerns. I'm going to be in talks with central office. You know, I was reprimanded for using email to express a private opinion that didn't match the views of the school per se. Um, And then before I returned to work, I was given something called a letter of expectations. I didn't even, I've never heard of a letter of expectations. Um, In that letter, they said in the course of the investigation against me, they uncovered a lot of things that they were concerned about, that I had been rude to. And I'm going to be open and honest about this um, because I encourage anybody, the school board can share my evaluations. I give them permission to post them on their website if they would like. Before I I brought this this issue to attention and afterwards, before my, my evaluations were good, Afterwards, they tanked and uh, said that I uh, was rude to parents and students, that I had um, basically enticed students to anger and and, um, uh, levied a lot of things against me without proof. Mm. And so when it came to do my evaluation, I wrote on there I didn't agree and I requested to have specifics. What Mm -hmm. parents specifically have complained about me? What students specifically, where are these issues coming from? And, and that list has never been given to me. You know, I believe in due process, innocent until proven guilty. And sure. if, the, if they can showcase where Randy Adams has done these things wrong, then so be it. I, I, I challenge them to do that. Um, you know, I'm not going to admit to something I haven't done wrong. I stood right. up to protect students. I stood up to protect parents. Yeah. Um, so I, I challenge that. So I resigned because if I don't have the support in an alternative school, where, you know, we have wonderful families, wonderful students. I love the students that I worked with. But the reality is we had a tough job. And if I have a student that gets angry and upset and I'm not fully supported and I'm hung out to drive, it's just not worth it to me anymore. So, yeah, in a way, I, I resigned because it, I just had too much liability hanging over my head to go to work and risk that and to, and to not, not have that support. <laughs>